have stumbled onto another episode of Get Your Fill, Financial Independence and Long Life, where we explore ways to achieve those two goals. Today is part two of our conversation with Jeff Hyatt. If you missed part one, it might have cost you money. So go back and find it because Jeff is an expense reduction consultant. He and his team at Performance Business Solutions LLC help business owners and property owners to reduce expenses and increase profits. Jeff, what's the good news for property owners who are just discovering segregated accounting? And, and the good news is even for the properties they've owned, um, the IRS allows you to go back in time. So even if you've owned a property for five or seven or 10 or 12 years, you can step back in time and grab that depreciation without having to amend your tax return. Because to amend, you only can go back three years, but the IRS allows you to use what they call it a form 3115, which is the change in accounting method. So instead of doing straight line depreciation, you're changing the accounting method to accelerated and you use that change form and it's automatically accepted by the IRS and you don't have to amend your tax return. And you grab then three or five or seven years worth of depreciation all in the current year. So it, that's a big pickup there. So that works out nicely. Yeah, that'd be a nice little check <laughs> oh, yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, usually it's not a check back. But it's usually, just a, a huge reduction in your tax. Correct. It's, it's, uh, you have it as a, um, a loss for this year, all that yeah. depreciation, and it reduces your current year income tax. And then anything that you can't use in the current year, you get to roll forward in the next year. So that works out nicely too. Yes, very. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's a good, good tip. Good yeah. thing to know. Yeah, good thing to know. <laughs> yeah, because all the people who are listening who are saying like, oh man, I wish I would have known this when I bought my building, they can now like go back and... Exactly. Yeah. As a technical point, you can go back to 86 when the tax law changed, but oh, wow. usually you don't go back that far. Usually the benefit, because the accountants will tell you this is what they call, what the accountants call um, a timing difference. In other words, I'm not giving you more depreciation. You're right. getting the same depreciation. It's just, you're getting it sooner. Right. Well, the benefit of that, the timing benefit of that is usually achieved in the first 10 years. Um, you might go push it out to 12 years, but um, that's really kind of the window that is um, most frequently looked at for these. So we would typically get depreciation schedules because that's all we really need for those existing buildings. Yeah. Um, all we need is a copy of the depreciation schedule. And if we can get a copy of the depreciation schedule, then we can do a Google search on the building. Oh, look at that building. It's a five family and you know, Salem, New Hampshire, or wherever, um, Boston, Mass, or Brookline, or whatever. Yeah. And um, we can then break apart what we would think as an estimate. Um, and we know, oh, look at that, the depreciation says they paid 480 grand for it in, you know, 2017. You know, here's what that benefit would look like. Yeah. So, and they can know roughly what the tax benefit's going to be before they spend the nickel. So that works out. <clears throat> and what, what's the impact when they, I'm assuming that when they sell it, uh, if they sell it, you know, seven years in or something like that, that they're going to have a, perhaps a larger tax burden at that time, right? As far as 
because they've depreciated more of the building. I mean, I'm, not, I'm obviously not an accountant. <laughs> yeah, so you do have recapture come back into play. Yeah. Um, and, and that will be in play whether you're doing straight line or accelerated. What would be different would be there would be more recapture with the cost seg. Um, so you might have to give back some of that tax benefit, you know, depending on when they're doing it and how the right. accountant is attributing values to everything. But a lot of clients in the real estate space, especially, they're going to do what they call a 1031. 1031 exchange. So if they're doing 1031 anyway, which is um, deferring the gain, what would end up happening is they would do that 1031 when they sell and the recapture never comes into play yeah. because you're deferring the gain and you're not having to deal with that. So the recapture count, uh, conversation wouldn't, wouldn't pop up then. Yeah, but it's obviously, I mean, you, you wouldn't do it on any kind of a short-term thing anyway. So, I mean, That's obviously correct. your your future plans for the building have to come into play when, when you're making the decision whether you want to go this route. That's absolutely correct. So if you, we would say to you, hey, Christine, if you're only planning on holding this building for a year or two because you're going to put paint on it and um, fix up the apartment units and sell it real quick, yeah. then this does not make sense to do unless you're going to do a 1031 and then it would because yeah. if you're doing the 1031 the the giving back of that tax benefit doesn't happen. Um, does not come into play yeah so if 1031's on the table anytime uh any amount of hold time is fine but if 10 if you said i hate 1031s for whatever reason i'm not <laughs> doing a 1031 then we would say eh if you're, you need to hold it for at least three to four years before it is going to make sense without a 1031. Yeah. Yeah. Now keep in mind, if you've already owned the building for three or four years or five or seven years and you do a cost seg and you're not going to do a 1031, then it does make sense. So I'm talking about just the whole time, not the time you're going to hold it beyond having completed the cost seg. Right. So well, because you're, you're, it's going back in time anyway. So correct. Yeah. yeah. You got it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I I don't know why <laughs> you wouldn't want to take advantage of it. Then, I mean, is there any is there anybody who shouldn't besides somebody who's thinking of selling in a couple of years? I mean, are there any scenarios in which it really just doesn't make sense for some particular type of investor or type of building or anything? It where it, where it wouldn't make sense is if. There's a couple of times it wouldn't make sense. Like you said, if you recent re recently bought it and you're not going to hold it for more than a couple years and you're not going to do a 1031, then that doesn't make sense to do. Okay. So if you're going to buy, I'm going to say buy and flip, although it's not truly a flip yeah. in the way that most real estate people use the word flip. Um, but if you're going to not hold it very long and 1031 is not in play, then it doesn't make sense to do. Um, if you're going to hold it longer, it, it is in play. Um, if um, you don't have enough taxable income, in other words, if, so sometimes I'll be referred in by not a CPA to a client. And at the face value, it seems like this person would be a great candidate for cost seg. So let's say the, and I'm going to just, use an example they own this big building and they bought it in the last five or ten years and they paid well over you know 
a million, two million, three million, whatever the heck it is. It's a, a big number, whatever the big number is. Yeah. Um, and it seems like there's lots of stuff in there that would be eligible to take advantage of this. Sounds good so far. But that company manufactures buggy whips. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and they make the best buggy whips out there, but nobody's buying buggy whips anymore. Yeah. Okay. So they've got a great product and they've got a great facility and man, it looks like it should be great for cost sake, but they're not making any money. In other words, they're not paying any income tax. Right. Well, if they're not paying income tax, I'm not going to help them because yeah. my thing is reducing income taxes. Um, if they're not paying income tax, in other words, they're losing money on their operation. This isn't going to help. Yeah. So, and, um, I'm trying to think, um, I think those, those are the two times you typically wouldn't, uh, end up doing them. Well, cause in your example of a million dollar building, you know, if you just took all your money and for example, use the, the, the attorney example. The attorney says, oh, you know, I'm going to take some of my savings. I'm going to put it into real estate. So I'm going to buy this million dollar building. I'm going to put the $200,000 down. But my, you know, the, the income from the building is probably just paying the mortgage at this point and the attorney income isn't really high enough. So to save that $100,000, you know, off to get that 100000 in depreciation, you need to have 100000 at least, right, in, in income. Correct. Income keeping in mind in the scenario you just gave me with the attorney, um, that's going to be passive income for them. Yeah. So they're getting passive income from their building that they bought. Yeah. And my, um, my losses are considered passive losses. So to use a passive loss, you have to have passive income. So they okay. couldn't even take that off their attorney money, the money they make. Typically, uh, typically yeah. no, typically okay. no, unless they're, a real estate attorney and they're so so they're they're the people that can use it against ordinary income as opposed to passive income are real estate professionals so if you are quote unquote a real estate professional and you sign your tax return just under your name where you you do your signature if it says real estate professional you're good to go and you can use my losses against ordinary income whereas if you are um, a, uh, an attorney, for that matter, divorce a real estate attorney, <laughs> a divorce attorney, um, you're a real estate agent uh, or broker, for that matter. If you're not, you know, doing a lot with um, real estate transactions for your own holdings, um, you can't claim that. And there are some reasons that you might not want that designation. Usually I hear accountants won't put somebody into a real estate professional um, category because they're going to end up having to pay social security taxes on, on everything versus um, it not. They had an LLC or something. Correct. So there's, there are some reasons not to have that designation, but if they've gotten to the point where they can use cost SAG um, and they have, they meet the other requirements for that, uh, then they probably would want to consider that designation on their tax return. Um, so. so does it matter? I, you know, talking about LLCs just reminded me, like if I have all my, in, all my units, all my buildings and in individual LLCs, is that going to keep me from um, taking advantage of this? 
because it's a separate legal entity. So if one of my, one of my buildings takes a, a nice loss, can I still apply that to the other buildings, even though they're separately held? It, okay, so just to clarify and be precise with my language. Um, so the way that it would work is you would, okay, let's say you only chose, let's say uh, some of your buildings were only a hundred grand. You bought them a long time, a long time ago. ago. Yeah. You know, they were, the market was different then and, and you paid a hundred grand each. So those don't make sense. But over time, um, you've moved upstream and you've ended up buying some three and five and $800,000 buildings. So now you've got a, a smattering, but the, the small ones you're not going to do. And you're all, just to test the water, you're only going to do the most recent purchase. And that one's half a mil, let's say. Okay. Yeah. So you create the loss for that half a million dollar building. Okay. And that's, that loss is going to flow through to your personal return from that LLC yeah. to your personal return. Yeah. So on that one, you've got a passive loss there. But on all those other buildings that you have, you've got passive income, income. flowing into your personal return. Okay. So the good news is the loss we create on that half a million dollar building can go to reduce uh, income tax on the passive income you have from all your other buildings. Okay. Okay. So that's, a, that's even if that $500,000 building, let's say you closed on it December 15th or December 29th, of 19 you get to take all of the losses for the next five seven and 15 years as a loss a passive loss in 19 okay so you get to take all that depreciation and let's say um there was only a teeny bit of income that on you that one building that, on that one building yeah. one thought process might be well i don't even have all that it's not fully tenanted yet so I, you know, it's not really uh, creating that much income for me. Why am I going to do this now? Well, you've got all those other buildings that you get to use those losses on if you want to reduce your income taxes in 19. Now you could say, eh, I'm going to wait until 20. Okay, fine. You can do that too. Um, so it's just up to you and how you want to do it and your accountant usually. Yeah. Okay, good. I like all these. Yeah, it's, it's it's great and and usually people say why wouldn't i do this and <laughs> like i said you know if if it's properly explained then people will usually say and they have taxable income so if it's properly explained and um they have the taxable income this it's a it is kind of a no-brainer yeah. now if if i explained it to you like this hey christine you know this cost seg thing you're going to get the same depreciation either way. This guy, Hyatt's not giving you any more depreciation. You're just getting it a little bit sooner and he's going to charge you to do it. Well, that's pretty negative. I mean, that, that doesn't <laughs> sound very good. Logically you would go, yeah, why would I want to do that? Yeah. But then, you know, his uh, CPA partner across the table, he goes, well, wait a minute. But with that money that you save that Hyatt has given you better depreciation on now, Christine, you can go buy your next building sooner because you don't have to send money down to DC and you get to redeploy that money sooner. Or, um, and the bankers don't like to hear this, but, or you could prepay your uh, loan and save yourself 5% interest because you've got a, a loan. Right. Or 
you can go renovate uh, the apartment build uh, the apartment building more more quickly because now you just freed up X dollars and you can fix up units two, three, and four when you thought you were only going to be able to fix up unit number one this year. Well, now you can fix up the other ones as well, not having to borrow as much money. Increase your rents and, you know. That's it. Increase the rents, make the curb appeal of the building nicer, whatever it is, you've got a lot more flexibility with it though. Money in the hand is always (laughs) better. (laughs) Correct. But it, but it does depend on how, how it's explained to you. Yeah. And, and I fully agree with you. I think that if you can take the deduction now, why would, and it, and, and if I said to you, Hey, Christine, would you rather take a deduction now or in 39 years? <laughs> Most people would go, uh, I'd rather take it now. Yeah. I know it's crazy, <laughs> but, but that's kind of what, or they say, Oh, but you know, um, you won't have any, de- and then, and the knee jerk for the, um, CPAs who are not as familiar with it, they say, well, why, um, you're not going to have any depreciation later. What are you going to do then, Christine? You're going to have all this phantom income. And you're going to have to be paying all these taxes and you won't have any write-offs. And you go, wait a minute, that's not the case. You know, you're just taking some of it sooner. So. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, I don't know, that's just kind of a, who cares? You know, like 39 years from now, I mean, let my heirs worry about it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A, a good number of us are going to be croaked by then. So, you know. Right. <laughs> and by the way, on that note, since you bring up that, um, upon death, so if generation one does this, then generation two, pa- generation one passes on, the properties hand over to generation two the depreciation clock resets. So there is no recapture at that point. Generation one has used the cost seg to grab the tax deferral now. And then when they croak, the clock resets and generation two can grab the depreciation then. So that's kind of a big win, except somebody had to die. So somebody's not too <laughs> but That was gonna happen anyway. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, that's, that's part, that's another part of the, the decision-making process, right? I mean, if you think, well, you know, by, by time I, you know, by time 30, so 20 years from now, I'm, I'm whatever age. I mean, so I'm 56. I mean, I'm probably, I'm thinking I'm going to still be around in 40 years, but that might not end up being the case. Right. And then, so it should be part of my decision-making process that, you know, while I'm still young enough to invest in more properties and have more you know, things going on that I should get all the money I can in my hand. And, you know, later on. That's part of the deal. (laughs) Part of what you got to think. Generation worry about it, you know? Yeah. But again, it's not, if that's the scenario is you're just saying, Hey, it's going to the next generation. It is, it's nothing for them to worry about. As a matter of fact, they, they would likely say, Hey, Christine, you should hurry up and do this. Yeah. You know, before you croak, (laughs) you get a tax benefit now. And, um, and then when you, croak it, it resets so that's kind of a that is a big deal but yeah. Yeah, it is a big deal i'm glad we kind of accidentally got into that yeah yeah <laughs> any other things like that you can think of like any other huge gains for doing this that maybe we wouldn't have thought of well um one of the things that just happened about two or three weeks ago now um congress fixed one thing that had expired uh and they did it retroactively for two years um, so that 
what had expired was a deduction and and or credit that is in place for um, people who make their buildings more energy efficient. Yeah. So if they do energy efficiency upgrades, so if they do lighting and HVAC and building insulation, they can get a dollar eighty per square foot as a tax deduction. That was reintroduced, or excuse me, reapproved. Um, it had been in place since the Energy Policy Act of 05, mm -hmm. and it expired 1231 of 17. So now it is in, it is, it was just reenacted December 20th of 19, retroactively to 17. 17. Yeah. And it's going forward to the end of 2020. So now there's a little bit of window for planning, but at least they've got $1.80 per square foot as a tax deduction. If they do energy efficiency upgrades to apartment units, it's not that $1.80 per square foot, it's a $2,000 per housing unit, in other words, per apartment um, tax credit. So if they had five units, it would be potentially a $10,000 tax credit, um, wow. which is a dollar for dollar offset versus the dollar 80 per square foot deduction which is a deduction against income the yeah. tax credit is an offset nice. so that got reenacted that's a, a real nice one there nice. Huh? Excellent. So, uh, these are all the uh, the areas uh, that i swim in all the swimming pools i swim in you know, so. like well any legal way that i can pay less taxes i'm happy to hear about it <laughs> uh, exactly yeah yeah, I don't want to be, you know, being chased by the IRS, but if they're just like, oh, okay, well, everything you did is cool, then that's very it. happy. Yeah, and it's all legal. It's all in the tax code. I could get a lot more. I, I could, uh, you know, bore you to tears pretty quickly with some of the tax details, but um, the big picture is what we've covered here. So without getting too far into the weeds with everything. <laughs> well, it's funny. That's one thing that I've noticed is when you have, when you talk to a really good tax accountant or somebody who does, you know, tax related things, the really good ones are excited about all the ways that they're saving you money. Whereas like a bad one is like afraid that you're going to get audited. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, come on, bring it on. We want it, you know. <laughs> well, and, and, and like you say, if, if it's legal and it's not going to create a problem, why yeah. would you not want to take advantage of it? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm, so, I'm glad we've gotten able to talk here. So did you have a, another question or two? Well, yeah, I just wanted to uh, quickly say, do you have like a blog or a website where, you know, people want to get more information and stuff? How would they reach you? How would they learn about you? Well, um, yes, the um, website, um, I've got a couple of different ones. The one that's really, really specific to uh, cost segregation is costsegstudies.com, cost which okay. is cost segstudies.com. Uh, the other one that's a little bit more um, wide reaching is revenuebanking.com, which is what my original domain was back in 94. And I've just added tools and it's become more focused on cost segregation. But there are some other tools that I mentioned in there uh, on revenuebanking.com. So there's a couple um, different options to, uh, to get to me. But um, I don't do a blog per se. And I, I'm not a social media guru or. You know, yeah. So is there anything else I should have asked you? Anything I forgot to mention or that 
is exciting in your realm that you want to share? Um, not so much. I mean, you, you've covered them all. You know, one of the big things is you can go back retroactively. So that's a good thing. That's a big, exciting thing. The new tax laws really have enhanced the benefit. Um, and, you know, it's, it's viable for anybody that's got 500K or more in buildings, you know, and, and that's where we work. We do big, big buildings. So we've done 32-story office buildings in downtown Boston, and we do little quick service restaurants that serve coffee and donuts, uh, you know, so we do all kinds of different stuff, uh, but apartments are one piece of that. Well, and you had mentioned also uh, if, if someone's renting, but they do a lot of capital improvements to the unit, like in, in the case of a restaurant, I, I kind of glossed over that, but do you want to just quickly address that? This is the same process. Same process. Here's the crazy thing. Uh, the new Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, um, it used to be prior to TCJA that uh, restaurants had their own 15-year depreciable life for everything. So it could even be that their buildings, their overall buildings, which everybody else had 39 year, it could have, it could have been prior to TCJA that um, they would get 15 year on the building and 15 year on their improvements. Wow. Well, that went away under TCJA and they fell back to what the way it used to be which is 39 year for their, for their uh, building. And um, they got five, seven and 15, just like everybody else for the other stuff. So restaurants, we had a, um, a restaurant chain that was told by their accounting firm that we've done everything we can. We've taken all the acceleration we can and um, you're all set. Why are you talking to Hyatt and his guys? And we ended up saving that client about, we got them about $2 million of additional depreciation <laughs> that their accounting firm had been throwing them in to the wrong depreciable lives. And we were able to help them go back, save them a bunch of dough. Um, and at one of their conferences, one of the big franchisees was walking around with a photo of uh, what, uh, of the, savings we had made for him so he was very happy person <laughs> very happy that's the kind of uh, advertising you want <laughs> yeah you know uh what do they call it raving fans or something uh, yeah something. absolutely yeah so <laughs> it was good that was nice excellent so, excellent yeah. well thank you very much i appreciate it. this is I, I feel much more educated now thanks jeff for helping us to reduce our taxes legally Tune in next week when we'll be discussing, among other things, getting started in the stock market. In the meantime, have a great week.